I actually hit the wrong button right off the bat. But that's uh, pretty cool, right? Can we make different sounds? No, that's the only ones we can do. Oh, Hold on, Kurt. The podcast is about to begin. Oh. Please, please don't talk. This podcast is sponsored by thevalleygivesback.org. Should we just sit in silence, Kurt, for the rest of this podcast and listen to the bad slugs? I think that would be exceptional. Hey, everybody. My name is Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I am recording this here episode live, because we're not dead, No. from Seymour Town Hall in the office of First Selectman Kurt Miller, who's making his monthly appearance on the show. Welcome back, Mr. Miller. Always a pleasure to be here, especially with all this new technology. Yeah, I... This is special. I have this thing called a Rode Procaster. It's a podcast machine for idiots. In other words, it was specifically designed for me. I've already made one mistake. <laughs> the, <laughs> the harp music you heard at the beginning of the podcast wasn't supposed to happen. But before we begin, Mr. Miller, let's play a message from our sponsor, ValleyGivesBack.com. Org. Hopefully this is the right button. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your actions will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Yeah, so uh, that was my wife's voice. Not actually. as good as you, by the way. I, oh, oh, wow, Miller. You geez. have the nice dramatic pauses and everything. When I tried to read that that one time, it was a little hard. Yeah, I but, actually did press the wrong button because my recording is uh, is over here. But for those of you who can only Lovely listen. local nonprofits. And Bill. Anyway, I just wanted to prove to you that I had it. The, the look of horror on Eugene's face as he pushed the button because he was not sure what was going to happen was priceless. And I have it here in front of me. It's just hard for me to do three things at once because this is all new. I should have known I was pressing the wrong button. But anyway, thank you, Valley Indy. Can we Facebook Live Valley. this? Thank you, Valley Indy. So people can actually see this going on. Well, just you're, the you're getting way ahead of me. There is a way to do that. I mean, you can if you have your phone, you could do it. But there is a way you can use this audio and hook it up to your blah, blah, blah. But you know what? They don't, I'm a nonprofit. I'm a one-person nonprofit. They don't pay me enough to figure all that stuff out. But I do like the idea of the live phone calls at some point down the road. That'd that be fun. That is definitely something we can do with ease is now uh, accept phone calls. The only downside is that I'm giving out my cell phone number to everybody and their brother in the Valley. That's and I got enough point. problems on my Facebook page fighting with people. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was Valley Gives Back who sponsors this podcast, not Valley Indie, because this is a publication of the Valley Indie or a podcast of the Valley yes. Indie. But anyway, all right. So 
a couple of weeks ago. It was actually, it was a month ago. It seems like it was two weeks ago, but you were on and you took reader questions from people on, yes. on Facebook. And it was a, it was a great episode. Uh, and yeah, we get, we did get more downloads and views than, uh, than Rick, Rick Dunn. Rick Dunn on. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything because New Haven Independent is my employer. And I don't want to step on them you know, in public, but they don't listen to this. So I will tell you, yeah, we, we blew, we blew Dunn and uh, the New Haven people away. But uh, so I thought for this episode, I had a couple of questions that people didn't ask a month ago uh, that I thought I would just throw your way. And sure. the first one, I keep seeing it on uh, various like the, the message boards and Seymour on Facebook. And it, it came up at a couple of your meetings of mm -hmm. the board of selectmen is uh, this Oak Ridge, which I believe was a country band from the 80s. Right. Play the Oak Ridge Boys. So, yes. Yeah. So yes. when did the Oak Ridge Boys come to Seymour and what is the what's the story there? Uh, about a year ago or so, they came off tour. And Thanks they for needed, the press release. Not a problem. They needed something to do, so we put them. Now, Winters Brothers, who was our garbage uh, provider at the time, they had a change of ownership groups. So this is the new group okay. that took over. So it's for us, it's still the same people. So all of our contacts that we have are exactly the same. But, but it's has just there been names. issues of like picking up garbage or it's just I keep hearing I keep seeing it pop up. But I don't know the context of it. Yeah. You know, some people are upset that they start a little too early. Uh, some people think they're not gentle enough with the cans. Some oh, people gotcha. think that okay. they don't pick up, you know, if stuff spills out, they don't get out of the truck to pick that up. Oh, um, sure. So okay. our public works board and our public works director have met with them several times now. Um, we think things have, are definitely getting better. We find them very responsive. So for any resident out there, if anything comes up like that, go on to the website and report Town it. Town of Seymour Town website. Of, yep. Okay, gotcha. SeymourCT.org. Uh, report it. That comes directly into my office. We reach out directly to um, them right away, and it'll be taken care of very quickly. Are they working on a theme song for Seymour or anything like that since they have that? It's, it's up in the air or? still. I mean, you don't know what they're going to do. These but are total dad jokes, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, right. but you're a dad, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I've realized like in the last two weeks, I'm not edgy or funny. I just tell dad jokes. Well, that's what happens when you get old. Yeah, when yeah. you're 50, you got a ways to go still. But when four you get years, there, it's ugly. And I'm already there physically. I'm like oh. 75. I like all. I'm in Kurt Miller's office, and behind me are two computer screens. Uh, it's a really fancy setup, and he's getting. He just gets messages left and right. Can we eat, just read your emails at the end of the? Uh, oh yeah, hold on. So these are the. There's that's my your schedule. calendar. I'm talking about the other stuff. Oh, no, that's what are you joining. The membership is that the skull and bones or something like that. A secret society with you and Mayor Loretti. We don't talk about that. Um, but this is the public. Here's my this is my town email right here. This is my personal email. The other one was my personal email. But as you can see, always up, Eugene. There it is. The town of Seymour <laughs> budget bond ratings. And actually this week. Oh, I'd love to talk about you it. You were down. I assume you were down, or maybe it was a telephone call. I don't know. But you talked to ratings agencies, we correct? We went uh, Wednesday. We went to Boston. Did you see that article <clears throat> that uh, Hearst did, their columnist? Maybe he's not a columnist, but Dan Haar, who was the business editor at the Current for yes. a long time, and now he's with Hearst. He had, I thought, a really accessible, enlightening article on bond ratings and, mm -hmm. and, and what they and mean. fund balance and things. Yep. Right. And about, uh, well, I mean, what part of it was about how Shelton's went down to zero. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't specifically local. But it seems like the trend everywhere in the state is that towns have been uh, downgraded, even towns that are thought of as financial powerhouses and yep. economically successful, such as the city of Shelton, certainly the, the, the economic capital, at least, of, yep. the, oh, absolutely. of the valley. Uh, so how are things with Seymour? Are you still managing to, uh, like, how did, how did the discussions go? Do you think you'll maintain a rating? Is there any indication you might get 
knocked in any way? Or um, I think we're going to maintain our double-A plus status. Um, it was a challenging, we were with them for about an hour and a half of back and forth. Um, there is a lot of pressure on Connecticut municipalities with everything that's going on with the state of Connecticut, with the economy, uh, you know, the, the thought of a potential, and I won't use the word R, because you don't say the word out loud. Oh, okay. You, you never say the R word out loud. All right, I'll have to say it. This, all right. um, it recession. Okay, good. So, <clears throat> you know, they want to make sure that we're preparing ourselves. Uh, you know, we're taking out, as you know, a, a debt issue uh, with for the roads and for emergency services. And then we're also doing a restructuring and a refinancing. We're taking advantage of um, some historically low interest rates. Where we're able to lower the cost on some of our debt that we've taken out over the last couple of years and give us a true descending slope on our debt service. So next year will be the highest that we pay over the next 30 years, and it will continue just to trickle down. Where before we had some spikes built in where the debt service would jump up, we, we smoothed that all out. So we and had- And that's a, what they like to see. That's what they like to see. And then um, in terms of the fund balance itself, I saw in the meeting minutes, I mean- Hold on, I just, I, I apologize. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. We couldn't hear you. Uh, my name is Eugene Driscoll. You can be heard now. I'm the editor, uh, reporter, and guy who takes out the garbage at valleyindy.org. You're actually uh, on our podcast. Is it okay if we put you on the air, sir? Oh, wow. This is actually John Marini from uh, City of Ansonia. Uh, oh, City hi, John. What are the chances? Hey, John Marini's on the phone. He's a... Uh, he, wow. Go ahead, John. I had no idea that uh, a podcast was in progress with uh, the legendary Kurt Miller, the first selectman of Seymour. That, that, what a coincidence. Yeah. Hey, you know what we were talking about, too, John? You'll never guess. That's well, right. I, I don't That's know. That's right. Bond this, ratings. We were talking about bond, bond ratings. ratings. Yes. So you're, you're, you're interrupting at an uh, inopportune time. I mean, I, but... I don't want – I know how these podcasts usually go with, uh, with Kurt, and I, I don't want to interrupt any bragging or boasting or <laughs> – or, you know, talking about uh, what Kurt's doing for Seymour. Everybody loves these podcasts. Um, you know, <laughs> I like but, how you just insulted both was, of yeah, us. like that. I, I was making this totally impromptu uh, a phone call to you to tell you about some actual exciting news going on in Seymour. Breaking news. Oh, there's some exciting news Breaking going news. on in, in Seymour. All right, John, what do you got? Yeah, some positive, exciting news in the downtown. I, I Maybe you know, but on March 7th at the Strand Theater, I'm going to be helping the Knights of Columbus host um, Confrontation, which is another giant monster double feature we're doing for charity. Confrontation. That's right. And what two and movies are playing? a double feature of uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, the original from 1962. And, of course, King Kong Escapes from 1967, where King Kong fights uh, Mechanic Kong, a robot version of King Kong. Kurt, did you know about this? I did not. I, I figured it would only be a matter of time in your podcast before you got to it. I'm thinking of canceling my case, my vacation so I can come. You're on vacation again? So, John, how can people get <laughs> tickets to Confrontations? So that's available right online, right through our Facebook page and the, the Strand Theater's Facebook page. You just have to go right onto the event page, and you can click through Eventbrite, and $10 for two movies, a raffle, we got free giveaways at the door. Much more exciting than a, uh, a first election vacation. <laughs> and in terms of, I know you're, you're planning some uh, extra stuff. You just mentioned some raffles and things like that. What are some prizes uh, people can win connected to the Confrontations double screening, double feature 
uh, March 7th, you said, at the Strand Theater in Seymour? Yep, yep. Well, like always, and, and I think Kurt will be really interested in this, we have tons of King Kong toys. You know, we have t- uh, tons of Godzilla toys. Uh, we all, Our grand prize is actually going to be a signed uh, picture of Linda Miller, who starred in King Kong Escapes. She oh, was sort wow. of the Fay Ray substitute. It's my great aunt. Relate- and Miller's, uh, really, Miller's claiming he's related. It's, a great it's an interesting Seymour collection, uh, connection there. Linda well, Miller, Kurt Miller, who would have known? Let me ask you, John, one thing uh, about King Kong versus Godzilla, and I guess, uh, what's the other one, King Kong Escapes, you said? King Kong Escapes. Didn't they they kind of made uh, King Kong have red hair in those uh, movies, right? Doesn't he kind of have a, a a red tinge to his uh, his hair in those? You know, he was in black and white before, so nobody really knew what King Kong looked like. So the guys at Toho, you know, it's, these both of these movies are uh, Japanese productions. King Kong Escapes actually a little little bit of a mix of of, of some you know Japanese and some American uh, actors, but um, you know they didn't know. So red, you know, from black and white, you really can't tell what it was supposed to be. So they got I, a little crazy. I think there was a little bit of a Japanese anti-Kong uh, uh, bias happening, uh, if you ask me, because he he's kind of he kind of looks like me in a way. Like he's not very intimidating in his movies. Where Godzilla's Godzilla's all tough looking, you know. King Kong looks kind of hungover and confused. Yeah, I think there's a cartoonish take on both monsters, really, Eugene. You know, in both of those movies, you know, the King Kong versus Godzilla and King Kong Escapes. There is more. It was the '60s, you know. Colorful, a little cartoonish. And John, I don't and, think it was really anything against King Kong. And then, uh, on a serious note, uh, I mean, this is a fundraiser uh, for the Knights of Columbus or the Strand itself. Like, uh, like, does the Strand need anything? Do you have, is there like a wish list? I know it's a it's a beautiful theater, but it's a, it's an older theater. Uh, is there any particular goal with the uh, the money that comes out of this uh, fundraiser? Well, most of the the money, as always, goes to local charities uh, and organizations in the area. And also, of course, to the upkeep of the Strand, and I guess handicap accessibility is one of the uh, top items uh, on the list at the Strand, making sure it's accessible up the code so the historic theater can continue operating you know, into the future. A highlight of the downtown area, as I'm sure Mr. Miller, uh, Mr. Selectman would agree. 100%. Uh, the one thing, now, you guys, last I checked, you're both uh, Republicans, and there's been some movie news uh, concerning uh, your leader, uh, President Donald Trump, and his comments about the movie Parasite, a uh, Korean film, I believe, which just won Best Picture and Best... Oh, uh, that's, fun- not the, the 80s, that's not the 80s. That's not the 80s film. Right, not yeah. the... 3D, not 80s the- film with Demi Moore, right? That was with Demi Moore? That's right, yes. with Demi Moore. I not- have that on VHS. That's a great movie. Not I love that-, that movie. Yeah, and I think Trump's so okay another- with- I don't know. I don't really know of any other version of that movie i think trump's okay with that version but he had you know i guess it was last night as we're taping this on a friday to, to play monday this will be old news but is there any concern that you guys have uh because kurt it's your town you're the you're the highest elected official and 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 john uh is an ansonia official who's bringing it here to seymour any concern president trump might object to the fact you're showing japanese movies in an american theater there's always that potential but i think we're gonna have to roll the dice and if there is i'll just blame john Mr. Marini? Yeah, I think we're doing the right thing. You know, who objects to Godzilla and King Kong? That's true. Yeah, it's American as apple pie. All right, John, I want to thank you so much. I'm so happy you interrupted this podcast out of the blue like that to uh, promote your event. 
which uh, I fully support. I love King Kong versus Godzilla. When I was a manager of a video store that was a criminal front for a white collar uh, criminal, I bought King Kong versus Godzilla and put oh, wow. it on the new release section and basically would... would you made it was five bucks and you could make your money back in oh, one yeah. rental. So I, that's my history, my personal history with King Kong versus Godzilla. So I'm very happy it's going to be playing in Seymour. John, is there anything else you wanted to add before Miller hangs up on you? No, no, I don't want to interrupt. Go back to the uh, the boasting. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on in Antonia too, but I'll leave that for another podcast. I don't want to, you know, detract from, from all um, you know the positive developments that I'm sure it's selectman is sharing with you. Well, if you didn't in, want to interrupt, you would have hung up 15 oh. minutes ago. Oh, I don't want to overstay my welcome. <laughs> but all kidding aside, get your tickets early because these events oh, sell yeah. out very yeah. quickly. So if you something you want to see, it's usually a good time. Uh, definitely get on and get your tickets early so you can get there and have a seat. Wonderful, wonderful. The wonderful town of Seymour. Amazing. Absolutely. The best town in the valley. All right, best guys. Town. Best town. We could agree on that. Best town. Enough of the propaganda. Thank you so much, Mr. Marini. Bye, Take John. Take care, Eugene. Take care, Mr. Selectman. Bye-bye. All right, so how about that? Look at that. We had a special guest Boom. out of the blue. I think we should just go down your phone list and just, just start calling random people. Just call people? The only thing I get are spam calls. It's either John Marini or spam calls. All right. So we talked about Oak Ridge and if people, how people can uh, address uh, sanitation issues yes. if they have it. We talked a little bit about the, the bond rating, how you're still confident that Seymour uh, is going to do well through that whole process. Because yeah, our uh, fund balance actually has gone up to 12.7% now. But it's tough to get it. Like They have, what, a 15? It's a really high 15 is kind of their magic number, uh, but that's not a number that's attainable. So what they want to make sure is that it's constantly going up. So even if it's small increments, you know, 15 or 20,000, they want to see it going up. We ended up going up about 600,000 last year, which is good. Um, so we're in, we're in good shape. Our debt ratio, which I know we talk about all the time, is just over 6%. So we hit all the fundamentals that they're looking for. And your, so. your debt ratio has decreased a little? Is it's, that what I remember? Uh, it was over 10% when I took office. So we've... Even though we've made all these investments in our infrastructure, we've been able to bring that cost down by uh, just listening to our financial advisors and managing our money appropriately. And then I read also in the meeting minutes of the latest Board of Selectmen meeting, which I think was just this week as we're recording. Uh, yes, Tuesday. Uh, there, You will end, you think, the uh, end of the fiscal year with a slight deficit in the balance that, in the budget. Did I read that correctly because of... Yeah, we, that to me. we had uh, planned on receiving a $300,000 payment from the state of Connecticut for the closeout of the Chapel Lopresti School. Uh, unfortunately, we're probably not going to re actually receive that payment until August or September. And where does that come from? The uh, from the state of Connecticut. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because we have to we do the final accounting and everything else, or the closeout, and then the state sends us the final portion of the money. We had anticipated to receive that money in May or June. Uh, but unfortunately, we're not. So what was looking to be about a two hundred forty or $250,000 surplus is now actually going to project to be a deficit. Until that money comes in. Until that money. Well, yes, but it's a deficit projected for today. But of that 70000 actually, I have the, the paper in front of me, uh, 67939 we've already closed about 40000 of that. Okay. So that number's down now into the 20000 and we expect... Uh, that we're going to finish the year actually with a, a small, small surplus or flat for the year. Gotcha. Yeah, so we're okay. Uh, and then the other issue that's out there, I know when we talked uh, January 29th when you were last on this podcast, we were talking about the community center, which we've talked yes. about several times uh, on this podcast. 
you formed the committee? Yes, committee's been formed. And uh, roughly how many people are on it? Uh, there's nine, nine members. Maybe we had talked about this uh, previously. Uh, has it met yet? It- no, we're going to meet in uh, early March. Uh, I wanted to get through the bond presentation with S&P. Uh, part of our bond presentation was an explanation of how we could pay for this community center in cash. And doing the transaction that we're doing where we're restructuring and refinancing, we're actually creating space in our budget to be able to make these payments. So we wanted to be able to explain this to S&P, get their feedback, make sure they were comfortable with this before we take any steps. And were they? They, they Yes. Yeah. They were very intrigued by what we were doing. Uh, Initially, they were a little nervous, a little hesitant, but as we walked them through where savings are coming from, taking an old building offline, the ability to sell an old building, put that money into fund balance, um, they actually became very comfortable with it, which is a good thing. And in general, you've now been talking to S&P over the years, however long you've been first selectman. How long have you been first selectman? Nine years now. Nine years. Are they more nervous these days than when you first came into office nine years ago? Or are they always, because I don't know what that experience is like. Or um, It's actually their easier conversations now because we've had uh, some consistency in the folks that do our review. So while it hasn't been the same throughout the years, uh, they've been, most of them have sat with us two or three times now. So you don't have to rehash different things. And what they're looking for is, you know, you said two years ago you were going to take out an OPEB trust and start to fund it. Well, we can see you've done that now. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of things like that. So they can see how we've progressed over the years. Let me just uh, ag- admit my ignorance. Did you say took o- out a... No, OPEB. I'm just going to pretend like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Right, I know what you're talking about. All that's right. the that's the pay for a post-retirement benefits. Gotcha. Okay. So health insurance, things like that. Seymour has about a $43 million liability. So early for March for the Community Center Committee to get up and running. And yes. To start exploring... What will they be exploring exactly? Uh, well, we're going to discuss what options are available to us. In terms of where to put it. Where we could put it, what we'd like to build, how big it would be, how we might pay for it. And then at that point, we're going to put a plan together to communicate out to the residents to start taking in their feedback. So what do the residents think are important to have in the community center? For that first meeting, do you plan to address all the members? I guess they'll have an organizational meeting and sort of bring them up to speed as to what... Mm-hmm. The idea, like sort of the way you present a budget, will that be kind of what's happening here? Um, actually, I'm going to bring the group together. We'll set a schedule for when we can meet on a regular basis. I'll kind of give them the charge of what the committee will be. And then at that point, we'll just have a dialogue back and forth about um, what people like, what people don't like. And then we'll put a plan in place and go from there. I tried to pick this committee based on, you know, we have a representative from the Recreation Committee, a representative from... Um, Commission on the Aging, Livable Communities. Uh, We have our building inspector, one of our engineers, uh, our facilities director, chair of the Board of Finance, member of the Board of Education. So I tried to pull people from different aspects of town so we can get as many, um, I guess, voices on the committee as we can. So again, it's about building a community center, so it's a little heavy on the building folks, but there's going to be a lot of community outreach to make sure residents have their say. All our meetings will be public. I've already committed to having them be a little bit more free-flowing than like a board of selectmen meeting or a board of finance meeting, where if residents want to make comments, I mean, we'll allow them. I mean, it can't be disruptive. Q&A back and forth. Yeah, but if, you know, if there's a topic that somebody would like to raise their hand and they have something to add to it, then we'll more than likely recognize that person. 
So we'll go a little bit outside of the normal Robert's rules of a meeting to make sure that there's good interaction with, with the residents. Okay, and the another issue I wanted to ask you about, I guess it was on the agenda of the Board of Selectmen over the last few months and came up again this week. There was a move to possibly establish uh, mountain bike trails yes. on town-owned property on the Oxford border, uh, but it hit a snag, apparently. Yeah, it, initially it was brought to us by a teacher from Oxford High School who had worked with some students to create some trails in and around Oxford High School. And then what they wanted to do was continue those trails down into Seymour in the Keith Mitchell Forest right off of 188, right by the you know $12 trillion rotary. Rotary. Yeah. Um, Which is now a crime stopper. Yes, it is. It stopped a guy who had stolen a police cruiser. Yeah, um, because they're so narrow there, you can hardly get through it. He was like, I, I'm in the woods, and suddenly there's bricks everywhere. <laughs> Where am I? What happened? He wanted to get out and walk. Yeah. Um, so that was how it was initially brought to us. Um, you know, we had some interest in it, and then that gentleman came back, and he brought NIMBA, which is the New England Mountain Bike Association, with him. We had some additional conversations. Everyone was on board with building the trails. They thought it was a great idea. NIMBA had, I, I guess, led us to believe that they would provide insurance coverage um, or name Seymour as an additional insured on their policy if, God forbid, something happened. That ended up not being the case. So Seymour would have the full liability for these trails. So we spoke with our insurance folks. We had our town council look at it, and the board decided it was not something we want to move forward with and because your town of the council exposure. is Richard Paterla. Here's a clip from Mr. Baterla. Public and private that they will, would provide insurance and name the town as an additional insured. Um, the snag is that they uh, came forward uh, a couple months back, I guess. It was communicated that uh, they will not provide insurance. They cannot provide insurance. They won't provide insurance. That they never enter, enter into agreements like this. And they provided Rory with a couple agreements that they did enter into um, with the Army Corps of Engineers and somebody else. I, oddly enough, I'm just going to say this because I've been working on this now. I think we, we started like two, three years ago. Oddly enough, in one of those agreements, they provide insurance. I just wanted to point that out. Um, I like how ex he's very passionate about yes, he is. this subject in insurance. But I, I, it all comes down to insurance. They, they couldn't provide insurance. The town's not going to put it under uh, their policy because that would cost money. So what's the? is there any way this could happen at all? Uh, at this point, no. The selectmen voted it down. There's unanimously, a lot, right? Unanimously, yeah. There's a lot of exposure here that we didn't feel um, was worth taking at this point in time. So that's DOA. That's the end of that. Uh, for currently, yes. Now, things could change. NIMBA could come back with a different uh, proposal, different idea. I think, uh, and I want to speak for the selectmen because that certainly wouldn't be fair, but I think everyone liked the idea. I think everyone thought it would be nice to have these trails in Seymour. I think everyone was just very scared with the exposure that we would open Seymour potentially up to. And what's the status? I mean, you've been talking about uh, for years now about trails right around your office here and around this area, mm -hmm. uh, walking trails, the, the fish bypass. Uh, what's the status of that? I haven't asked in a, in a long time. Uh, our town engineer, Brian Nesteriak, has put a plan together to continue the greenway up to connect with Beacon Falls. So he is actually submitting some stuff for a $3 million grant to see if that's possible. So it would be a trail running parallel along Route 8 that would connect up to Beacon Falls. I was at a, a TOD meeting in Hartford yesterday with the governor's staff 
with first selectman Smith from Beacon Falls supporting Tom Haynes in his potential project behind Stop and Shop. And well, let's let's stop for a second there because that's sort of newsworthy. Dun, Tom dun. Haynes, who who uh, his company owns the Quarry Walk in Oxford. Oxford. Yep, a brand new, uh, much beloved shopping center up there. Yes, uh, and then he owns the uh, Haynes Outdoor Living. Correct, right off of Route Eight. Uh, off Route Eight and the Derby F. Yep, and he owns the woods behind Stop and Shop. Yeah, the two. It's two hundred plus acres. Okay, that runs from sixty-seven. Well, behind Stop and Shop, all the way out to Route Forty-Two in Beacon Falls. Well, you've talked about possibly putting a road. Yes, maybe even putting a community center. Maybe. Potentially, I heard, I heard that. I think I read that on Twitter. Yep. Um, so, what you were in support of? What specifically up there in Hartford yesterday? Um, one of the things that we are fighting the. Oh, I'll take a step back. All of the mayors and first selectmen along the Waterbury branch line, which runs from Bridgeport to Waterbury, are all fighting to have improved service. The state of Connecticut has already made an investment in uh, adding sightings and signalization because right now the track is set up where one train can go up, one train can go down. So our service is horrible. And it's so, a chokehold on economic development right. to a large extent. Oh, absolutely. Um, so with the sightings and the signalization, that's going to all start to allow more than one train to be on the track at the same time, which is a benefit. There's positive train control and all that good stuff. So it's going to, going to be safe. Press conference on this very subject Monday when this will release, Monday morning in Hartford. Well, that's right. So okay. that this is kind of a part of that. Okay. Um, so this group led by uh, Mayor O'Leary in Waterbury and Mayor Hess in Naugatuck, but with the support of, of all of us, uh, we're pushing to have... Now, train additional cars purchased and also a yard to be built in Waterbury where they can do work and also, you know, kind of store the cars and things like that. Uh, we have finally gotten a public hearing, which will take place uh, next Monday. So we'll all be up there. Well, actually today, I can say, because this is going to be on now, on, I'll on publish Monday. it like Sunday night now. We have okay. some news. Okay. Um, an so hour we're gonna, into it. That's Thanks, right. so, John Marini. Yeah, I know. Just kidding. Just um, kidding, John. So, you know, we're, we're up there fighting for that. But along with that, uh, you know, Tom's development that he would like to put behind Stop and Shop is a mixed-use development where it has residential, uh, retail, medical, uh, the, the whole nine yards. He would like to have a new train station built there. So it would replace the existing train station in downtown Seymour and the existing train station in downtown Beacon Falls where they're just kind of simple platforms. This would now be more of a- You can drive by and not even notice the right. there. This would now be more of a state-of-the-art platform that you see in a lot of places in Fairfield County. There, the big thing is there'll be extra parking. Uh, it'd be handicapped accessible. So a lot of the issues that we have in Seymour and Beacon Falls that we can't address because we don't have the space will be dramatically improved there. Value to Seymour is we're short on parking now. So if we could take the commuters- literally move them a quarter mile as as a drive or a couple hundred yards as the crow flies, it's just going to be better for everyone else. So uh, both First Selectman Smith and I went up to meet with the governor's staff to support Tom and his um, proposal for wanting to start this project. That sounds very ambitious. It sounds like it makes sense from what you're explaining to me. And as someone who lives in the Naukatuck Valley and sees the uh, potential, mm-hmm. Of a, of a rail service here. Uh, but how is that ever going to happen in, in Connecticut where, I mean, they've just fought over tolls for the last year or so. Uh, it seems the state is always crying uh, that they're broke. Uh, do you in, do you think there's any realistic way you'd be able to form a coalition and push something like that through? Uh, actually, I do. 
if you, you know, our new um, commissioner of transportation is a rail guy. So, you know, he came from MBTA. So he knows the value of rail service. It's one of the things that the governor has always pushed. And if you start to look, we have to come up with a way to take cars off of Route 8. Because Route 8, I believe, and I'm trying to quote Rick Dunn. Rick Dunn. Rick Dunn, which just. We're all trying to quote Rick Dunn. We all want to be more like Rick Dunn. But I believe Route 8 is designed for 40,000 cars a day. It's up to 90,000 cars a day. And the issues with the Commoner Hole Bridge, the money they're going to have to start reinvesting into that, this is a drop in the bucket compared to that. So the more people that we can get off of the roads onto the trains, I think it opens up all of the cities in this, the towns in this corridor. People who may want to work in Shelton, they don't have to drive. They can just jump on the train, run down two or three stops, and get to work. People who want to go to Bridgeport or down further Fairfield County, it's going to take cars off the road. So it's it's the right investment at the right time for the state of Connecticut. I think the governor realized that. DOT realizes that. But they need something to anchor it, and that's the thing they were very um, adamant about. The governor's staff. The, yeah, the governor's staff. and Anchor it in terms of? Well, they want if for, to move for them to move the, the train station. They need something to anchor it. Just sticking a train station at a different spot, there's no benefit to that. But if you're talking about mixed-use uh, residential... economic development right, project. where you have not only market-rate apartments, but work-rate apartments, and even sprinkling in some lower-income housing, which, you know, is, is something that... Or affordable housing. Affordable yeah. housing um, is a very good thing to do. And that's what they're talking about, Tom Haynes is talking about doing, that's the stuff that DOT wants to anchor a new train station because now if you have two or 300 units of mixed variety, that's a lot of people that will want to use the train. That's so That's a true make that transit-oriented development develop. from the ground up as opposed to some of these things where we just say there's a train station nearby. And so we're going to convert an old factory. That's Sure, that's TOD, but this is a blank slate. And that's the thing that Tom kept saying over and over again is this is a blank slate so we can build essentially anything that you want. So he wants to partner with the state of Connecticut. So if you want, you know, if you want something, tell us because we could build that into the plan and make sure that it's, that it's there. Um, Jerry, uh, first selectman Smith has some experience uh, in his previous life. He worked um, in managing some uh, real estate that had some of this mixed use to it where it had, you know, the workforce housing where it had, you know, the market rate housing where it had affordable housing and how, you know, you would have somebody in, down in Stanford that might be paying $2,500 for a one bedroom. And right next to it was somebody that was, you know, in the affordable category that was paying eight or $900. And no one could tell the difference mm-hmm. because it was not about, you know, pushing the, um, the affordable housing folks like off into a corner and, you know, giving them that stigma. It's about mixing them in with everyone else. No one knows the difference and just the value that it brings. So it was it was very interesting. I learned a lot. So are good. you going to, Is will that be brought up, I believe Monday or today as this is being released, the transportation hearing, uh, transportation committee of the legislature is holding a uh, public hearing. Is that right? Yeah, will the pub- be- public hearing is in front of the t- transportation committee. This is simply about a bill that was put in by the Waterbury Branch Line Caucus. Okay. Uh, which is all of the senators and representatives that represent the towns from Shelton, essentially all the way up to uh, to Torrington. Uh, and so they're all involved in this caucus. Oh, here it is. Waterbury Rail Line Caucus Press Conference, uh, Monday, February 24th, uh, 11 a.m. 
in hearing room 1E. The yes. hearing will include raised bill SB 155, an act concerning rail infrastructure improvement. But so will the Haynes project be specifically mentioned or is that sort of the backdrop on, on that's this? Ba that's just backdrop. That, oh, wow. That's not a part of this. That's a huge story, Kurt Miller. You've been holding out 36 minutes into this podcast. Well, wow. If Marini didn't take up 27 <laughs> minutes of it, we could have got to, to that right from your jump. bond rating stuff first. Always get through the bond rating stuff. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. So we'll see what yeah, happens there. That's a game changer for for Seymour and for Beacon Falls. I'm going to have to go to Hartford Monday. Yeah. Can you pick up my kids at school I'll at 3 o'clock? I'll kind of be there, too. Oh. All right. Well, uh, somebody's got to stand behind uh, Pete Hess and Neil O'Leary and look intimidating. So, uh, you know what I like is the Naugatuck Event Center. I like that. That's a cool yeah. little uh, venue. I went to the CT Horror Fest there. All right. So you have a charity event coming up, or it might be really early on this, but you're you're, you're walking for 22 hours straight. Yes. What Mission, is it? To explain to me. Uh, Mission what's going 22, on. which is for uh, to help prevent veteran suicide. Um, so this organization is trying to uh, raise funds, raise awareness to help our soldiers when they come back, uh, to help them get through these challenging times that they face. You know, a lot of it's PTSD based, so they want to work together. So they have a event. Actually, Naugatuck, Mayor Hess does a big one. He does, I believe it's a 13K hike uh, through the woods, which is very successful. So, you know, of course, we have to try to outdo that in yeah, the, in the state, of, uh, state of competition, of course. So what we've done is we're going to kind of use the Relay for Life uh, theme, and we're going to go up to the high school track, and we're going to start walking at noon on Saturday. And we're going to walk until 10 a.m. on Sunday. So we'll have teams. So you can come in and you can, you know, let's say you and 22 of your friends want to get together. Everybody walks an hour, that type of thing. But I've committed to walking for 22 hours straight. I mean, obviously not straight. I shouldn't say straight. I'm going to need to stop, obviously, and, you know, change my sneakers, eat, go to the bathroom, things like that. But I will be physically there the entire time. Um walking and if people want to maybe other people want to walk how does someone sign up for this where do you find out more information oh uh, well, we have a website that's actually being put together now so we expect okay. that to go up in the next uh, couple weeks uh amory dragonis who's the deputy first selectman she's kind of spearheading the okay um the committee uh the, kind of the whole program and everything else so she's slowly working through that i believe uh, kathy verlick who you may know kathy is on our 10-year strategic planning committee. I believe she's putting the website together. We'll have an actual donation page where you can go in. Our goal is going to be to so, raise oh, 22000 So it's like a town officially sponsored, organized event type thing? Or is it or uh, sort Yeah, of like I guess okay, you can gotcha. say it. There's a lot of town people involved. Uh, Board of Education is involved. Oh, wow. Um, okay. you know, Superintendent Wilson is uh, giving us the ability, obviously, to use the track, uh, which is great. And I know he'll. I'm sure he'll swing by as well. And you know, he's an athletic guy, so I'm sure he'll he'll walk a little bit. Um, so you were going to have Seymour ambulances involved, Seymour fire. He's a good fire. basketball player. Yeah, well, if you're that tall, I mean, yeah, it, it certainly does help. Uh, but Seymour police. So, I mean, everybody's kind of chipping in because they see the value of this. Not and a I very have, strong jump shot, though. No. Well, you're that big. You don't have right. to. Um, and then I have a new one because, you know, I, I do all these crazy things. Now, that you was know, one charity event. And when is that coming up again? I'm sorry. Uh, that is, that is uh, June 13th and 14th, so okay. Saturday and Sunday. Um, so that's one. We have the taco eating contest, obviously, coming up on Cinco de Mayo. I would love to do that because I would destroy you guys. That's the, it's always know, around a great give. We hear a lot of talk, but we don't see any action on you, but that's okay. Um, so that we're going to do that again at Hot Tamale. Well, to by then I'll team. know if I'll have a job in 2021. So if I lose my funding, yeah, I'll be there. See, boom. It'll Perfect. Be, <laughs> Sikowski uh, will have to come drag me out. I will bet you you can't beat my man Rory Burke. That's all I'm going to say. Kurt, look at me. Look at him. It's the tall, skinny ones you got to look out for. 
So that's event two. <laughs> the newest one now, and I'd like to thank my dear friend David Morgan of Team Incorporated. Team, Team Inc. For somehow getting me roped into Dancing with the Stars to benefit Adam's House in Shelton. Great uh, charity, great nonprofit. Yep. So that's going to be on May 3rd. So uh, we have our meet, our kind of the kickoff event is next week. Um, we're going to meet our dancers. And, you know, as I explained to the folks at Adam's House, I am without a doubt the worst dancer that's ever walked the earth, and this is not going to end well. Um, but so, as and you they know, videotape this from what they I videotape this. Right, good. Um, and uh, you listen, Let's high bar, I down. guess. You know, Morgan went out last year and just killed it. He did some hip hop thing, and they said it was just fantastic. So I have that to live up to. Um, but we'll see how it goes. But again, Adam's House is a great, uh, great charity. Helps kids, um, you know, and their families that are dealing with some issues, dealing so, with grief yep. and loss. So yeah, it's, yeah. we've had them on uh, two years in a row. Uh, for the great give and it's there yeah they're they're just fantastic so hopefully we can raise a few bucks for them and i'll have more information you know, people can pay to whether it be sponsor me or they can actually vote for me so we'll be encouraging people to do that and then in october we'll be doing the marine corps marathon 10k again um this time i'm gonna actually train and try not to suffer wow there's a lot going on there for selectman miller well i realize that the dumber the thing i do the more people are willing to donate to help the cause. And the second I'm not the first selectman anymore, no one's going to care about me doing these things. So I might as well strike while so the iron's hot. you milk the dollars for charity while you can. Best I can, yeah. And these are, you know, four great, uh, you know, Mission 22 team, Adams House and uh, Seymour Pinker, four great Valley charities that certainly deserve as much support as we can give them. All right, sir. Well, I want to thank you for uh putting up with me for i guess 40 minutes here in your office this is fun we had some like technical uh mishaps but everything you know, overall wasn't bad right you can see no. where this is going and you know it was great where the phone call came in we were actually able to try that out to see what it's like it worked it worked yeah the audio was a little sketchy it wasn't it wasn't perfect i but, think that uh, was just john's voice that's a little sketchy could have been. <laughs> and not for nothing right. does john marie not have the most perfect hair ever he does he does it's always perfectly done and uh, years ago, I did a story about who I would cast uh, if there was like a Valley movie, who would play who. And I think I chose uh, Jose Canseco to play John Marino just for the hair. Marie. Yeah. Because he, he oh, does have, the man has perfect hair. I'm as jealous. A, as a man who spends a lot of time on his hair every morning, I appreciate what John does. And, uh, for anybody who doesn't, uh, Kurt has a crew cut, yeah. uh, essentially. I notice now, my hair, it doesn't, it, the, the texture is all gone. It's bizarre. Aging is just weird. It's going to start falling out. It starts, it's like, I can feel it. It's lifeless. I don't care. I mean, but it's just interesting the way to, 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 to you know, to witness your body fall apart. Well, that's why I shave so, my head. I just don't fight it anymore. It's not even worth the effort. And after 25 yeah. years, my wife's kind of stuck with that, me. Well, so. that, yeah, that's how I'm like, oh, no, I don't it care. That's why, I, yeah, whenever I go to the, yeah. uh, the, the the barber or something like that, I'll, they, sometimes they're, I'm like, I don't care. Just whatever, whatever. Yeah. If we make a mistake, we'll make it together. Who do I got to impress? I'm Kathy Bates in, uh, in Misery. I'm not winning any beauty prize. Well, don't you love that question? Right. First off, yeah. I take my glasses off when I get my hair cut. And then the girl will finish, and she's like, how's it look? I'm like, A, I can't see. <laughs> and B, it's pretty hard to screw this up. Right. There's I, not much of it, so... All right, so for uh, Mr. Kurt Miller and the entire citizenry of Seymour, this is... Uh, the best town in the Valley. This is Eugene Driscoll. I neither can confirm nor deny. We're the only town in the Valley. You can say that without getting yourself in trouble. Oh, that's right. Yeah, unless you don't count Oxford, and I don't. Seymour, Derby, Shelton, and Sonia. The cities. Uh, we'll see you next time on Naval Gazing. Here are the Bad Slugs, by the way. Thank you uh, to the Bad Slugs for letting me use their music. Music. <laughs>
you think you're 